0: Hello, this is Jonathan Colton from NPR's Ask Me Another.
1: (laughs) Hi, Jonathan. This is Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Hello, Ophira. How are you?
1: I'm I'm all right. You know, fall is nice. Happy fall to you.
0: Happy fall to you. It is an exciting uh, time of year. Are you celebrating the fall in some way?
1: Well, I guess so. You know, we're looking for some outdoor activities to do to, you know, just change things up and enjoy the nice weather. And we took our son to a farm. That has a pumpkin patch and pick pumpkins.
0: Oh yeah, pumpkin patch. I, that's one of my. That's one of my favorite things to do in the fall.
1: And one of the things they did was they took. Uh, I guess there was a pumpkin slingshot.
0: Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah,
1: okay, you. I've never seen this before. You know sure. this?
0: Yeah, pumpkin chucking.
1: Pumpkin chucking. So you take very small pumpkins or apples, mm-hmm. uh, and you put them into a very big slingshot, and you can just shoot it into this big field. And if you hit a bell or get it into a barrel, you get a prize. But the whole field is littered with all the pumpkins and apples that have Hmm. not made it in. That seems a little wasteful. So I said to the people running it, first of all, why are there pumpkins (laughs) and apples that we can (laughs) slingshot into the fields? And they were like, well, usually it's the ones that are bruised. Right.
0: Pumpkins okay. that, that won't be good for anything else. Or the apples that won't be good for anything else.
1: Yeah, good for anything else. And I was like, have you ever eaten an apple pie and been, or a pumpkin pie and been like, mm, 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 oh, this pumpkin was bruised? <laughs> no. I can't say that I have. And then I said, well, what? Does someone have to clean these up every night? And the guy just went, "Uh." And then he went like this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gave him an idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? Somebody does need to clean it up. And it's my nephew, Tommy, because I hate that kid.
1: <laughs> and so then l- my son loved the slingshot. Sure. Of you know, and yeah. it's three pumpkins for a dollar hmm Yeah. So we did that and missed. And then, of course, immediately, let's get back in line and do it again. So I was like, of course, whatever. Yeah. So we grabbed three pumpkins. And it was pretty busy, the pumpkin slingshot part of the farm.
0: Very popular, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh,
1: perfectly spaced out, though, so you did not feel like you were in any danger. Right. Uh, and you could wear your mask while doing the slingshot. A matter of fact, the slingshot itself looks like a mask
0: well there you go that's reassuring
1: (laughs) so we put the pumpkin in and pull it back and somehow we get it in the barrel you are kidding me that's so exciting I was so excited what what did you win? it's a big orange t-shirt with a blue screaming half smash pumpkin flying through the air with a face Mm -hmm. on it sure yes so I am going to be wearing it uh, all Halloween week long for my zoom calls
0: I mean here's the thing (laughs) You know what you did is you won a game.
1: I won a game. I won a game that I never thought I would win.
0: Would you like to play uh, some additional games? Yes. All right, but first, (laughs) a little theme song. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from various locations in New York City, this is NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Pumpkin Chuckin'. Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. We have a great show, and it starts with desserts and ends with an entree. That's right. We have The Daily Show's Ronnie Chang and Michael Costa joining us to play games about video games, Lord of the Rings, and Elvis. Then comedians and besties Daniel Perez and Madison Shepard test their knowledge of movies and sports mascot fashions. And then after that, we take a sharp left turn and welcome the writer and star of What the Constitution Means to Me, Heidi Schreck. She'll tell us what the Constitution means to her (laughs) and play a game about the U.S. Constitution. So to our listeners who are also AP U.S. history teachers, you're welcome in advance. Let's play some games. First up, we have two correspondents from Comedy Central's The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. They are taking a break from election coverage to come play some games. We have first-time guest Michael Costa, who used to be a professional tennis player, and returning guest Ronnie Chang, who is currently in Australia. Michael, Ronnie, welcome to Ask Me Another.
2: Hey.
3: Hi, thanks for having us. So, Ronnie, you
1: are in the future Right, okay. with the time zone in Australia?
3: Is there anything you need to tell us, Ronnie?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just uh, wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For the future of us, yeah.
3: Where we're at. That's where we're at.
0: Are you up anyway no, good, because right? of time? Are you adjusted to the time, or did you stay up late anyway? No, I, woke,
2: I actually did wake up for this. I was like... Oh, my I God, you get, went to sleep no, and woke oh, up again? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. No, but it's okay. It's oh, okay. I'm, like I said, my whole thing is, I don't even know what time. I'm just... I'm awake when someone emails me to be awake.
4: <laughs> they, <laughs> That's a like, good hey, way be to awake, be. <laughs> be awake
2: Fantastic. during this time. Like, okay, all, fine.
3: All of Ronnie's email subjects are "be awake now." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, Michael, I know this is very timely. I know to say that you used to be a tennis player is an understatement. You were uh, you were a professional tennis player. Sure. You've written a book about it. You have a podcast called Tennis Anyone. What did you think about the US Open this year?
3: I have been completely astonished and proud that tennis has figured out a way to still hold its most major tournaments. I mean, they, US Open, was amazing. You watched world class tennis with zero fans. Yes. Which, by the way, as someone that goes to the US Open a lot, I love no fans because New York fans are the worst <laughs> at the time. They're, they're all on their phone. They're all so it, it was uh, I was very impressed. Um, you know, I thought I thought tennis has done a great job with it.
1: Do you think some of the pro players were affected by not having the crowd?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helps the underdog. Yeah. Um, Serena Williams is used to playing in front of 22,000 people. I was used to playing in front of one person, two people. So (laughs) when when you're at the low, 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 and I I was never even in a tournament like the US Open, but you know, you're more comfortable when there's not a lot of people around. So I thought it helped the underdog, but is there a better sport for social distancing than tennis? You're 76 (laughs) feet (laughs) away from your opponent.
1: Okay, we have a couple great games for you.
3: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'd love to play a game. Okay.
1: So this is a true or false quiz about video games. Great. I know this speaks to Ronnie's expertise because the last time you were on the show, we played into the fact that you like rebuilding Nintendo machines.
2: All oh, right, right. I mean, I'm not even a video game guy, but compared to Michael, I'm—I I'm, uh, yeah. might as well be the guy who invented uh, Nintendo.
3: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: OK, so what we're going to do is we're going to describe something you can do in a famous video game. And you just have to tell us if it's true or something we made up. Ronnie, the first one is for you. Great. In The Witcher series, you play a superhuman monster slayer named Geralt. And after a night out on the town, you can even get a regrettable drunk tattoo. True or false?
2: Wow. Um, I I know this game uh, actually. Um, Henry Cavill is the actor who plays this guy in the TV series of this. I think they were trying to do, like, um, Game of Thrones, but for video games or something. That's the tone of I'm the I'm going to get so
3: smoked in this game. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: He's dropping extra trivia. Yeah, but I can't play any of these games. I just know a lot of, uh, enough about them, I think, and um, I'm going to go with true.
1: That is correct.
2: Yeah. All right,
0: Michael, this one is for you. In the long-awaited gritty zombie game, The Last of Us Part 2, you can pull out your trusty guitar and strum a dorm room cover of Wonderwall.
3: (laughs) I don't believe that (laughs) the video game companies would pay the royalties for Wonderwall over and over and over again. And because I'm first-time guest on here, I think Mm you're going to give me a simple one right out of the gate. Uh-huh. So I'm going with false. Your reasoning
0: is incredibly sound. <laughs> However, it is actually it is actually true. Oh my god! And here's the here's the tricky part is that you you can choose between six chords. So they don't actually license the song. You just have the chords. Oh! And, you, and Wonderwall is one of the many songs you can play. You can and also the music industry Cal-
3: hasn't figured out how to license <laughs> the chords.
0: I know. I tried. I tried to patent C minor, but they wouldn't let me do it.
1: (laughs) Ronnie, in 2020's trendiest game, Animal Crossing New Horizons, you can make a Faustian bargain for your soul with a blue goat named Sherb.
2: Actually, over the pandemic, I was hanging out with someone who was playing a ton of Animal Crossing. So again, a game which I never played myself. but in all my time talking, my friend talking at me about Animal Crossing. I don't remember anything like a goat or making a bargain with the devil in the game, so I'm gonna go with false on that one.
1: That is correct.
0: I love, Ronnie, I love you are just sort of absorbing all of this information about video games, even though you are not playing these video yeah, games. Yeah. You're up on the news. Uh, no, the I not friends I, you're I, talking to. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michael, this is the last question. In the charming farm simulator Stardew Valley, watch the seasons change and date various residents of your tiny town. But if you're not careful, you can also violate the Geneva Convention on at least two separate counts.
3: <sighs> Should you be able to... Simulate dating in a video game. Question Do one. I know any of the stipulations of the Geneva Convention? <laughs> yeah, I you're flying completely blind the...
0: on this question. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Uh, I, I. You're think working it out. Today's... You're talking it. You're talking it through. I love this. I love this. This is so great. I think in today's day, it's probably best if you don't and aren't able to date within a video game. I'm saying false to your BS comment, Jonathan. <gasps> Wow. I'm sorry, it is actually true.
4: <laughs> what? <laughs> All
0: of those things are true. So yeah, you can dating residents is part of the game and the uh, Geneva Convention issue is that the game originally featured a red cross emblem on its health bar and hospital. And of course that red plus sign is used to signify humanitarian medical aid, but you need authorization to use it. If you use it without authorization, you're violating yeah. the Geneva Convention. Also, the <laughs> symbol the symbol has been removed but you can still violate Article 54 Protocol 1 by rendering useless an essential agricultural region.
3: Rendering (laughs) useless an essential agricultural region as opposed to some non-essential agricultural region. If it's non-essential, who cares? Go ahead and salt the earth. If you're growing turnips, you are (laughs) non-essential. Non-essential.
1: Who won? Who knows?
3: I don't know which direction Ronnie is on <laughs> your screen, but... <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: I so believe, right yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Ronnie won. Ronnie won that one by, by a hair. By a hair. Coming up, we'll play another game with Ronnie and Michael, and a little later, Heidi Schreck, from What the Constitution Means to Me, will join us for a game that is equal parts informative and adorable. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, developing solutions to support strong families and communities to help ensure a brighter future for America's children. More information is available at AECF.org. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Kay Bucksbaum in support of the David Gilkey and Zabiula Tamana Memorial Fund, established to strengthen NPR's commitment to training and protecting journalists in high-risk environments.
3: On the next episode of Louder Than a Riot, the 20-year fight to clear the name of former No Limit rapper Mac Phipps.
0: Because me and my brother was close. The years that he lost, that's some of the best years of his life he done lost. To me, it, it just hurts.
3: Listen now to Louder Than a Riot, the new podcast from NPR Music.
0: This is Ask Me Another NPR's spooky hour of puzzles, word games, and gourds. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophir Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with two correspondents from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ronnie Chang, and Michael Costa. So both of you are on The Daily Show, working as correspondents in this brave new world. Uh, So, you know, what's it like now? What's it like doing your job?
2: Sometimes I feel like we're all high frequency traders because we're kind of playing to the internet cycle sometimes. So there's that and also just missing people.
3: Yeah. One thing that I love about The Daily Show and one thing that Trevor's done a great job with is there are all types of belief systems in that building. But right now, we're all just sitting at home searching our websites. I'm reading my news. Ronnie's reading his news. And I really miss sitting in a room with people I strongly disagree with and they strongly disagree with me. And then we still go to the dog park and laugh because someone's dog is ugly at work. (laughs) Right, right.
1: that's your common ground. That's
3: your common ground, and that does help comedy.
1: Okay, we have another game for you. Are you ready for another game? Yes. So Jonathan Colton is going to sing you the clues in this game, which is called Elvish Presley. Okay. So first thing I'm going to ask, and we'll see how this goes, do you know anything about Lord of the Rings, Michael?
3: Uh, <laughs> I saw the first one, uh, and that was in, what, 1968? I yeah, 1968, that's right. I don't know a whole lot, ladies
2: and gentlemen.
1: Okay. Roddy.
2: Yes. Um, I love how much of a jock Michael is. He literally <laughs> is a professional athlete that you're asking about video games in Lord of the Rings and is completely out of his wheelhouse. Well, so wh- what we've
0: done is we have rewritten some classic Elvis songs mm. to be about mm-hmm. characters from Tolkien's Lord of the Rings series. So you can earn a point by telling me what character I'm singing about or by telling me the name of the Elvis song that I'm parodying or you can just tell me who Elvis appropriated the song from and that will also Ooh. get you oh. <laughs> yep you could do that uh, okay Jeez. so and you guys are go- you're going to work together on this
1: oh there you go
0: great here we go here's your first one return to mortar I don't want this ring but it's my burden to bear this thing Seems like I'm always misunderstood, and in the movies I'm played by
2: Elijah Wood. Wow, that last one. That last one yeah. Kinda
0: gives it away.
3: Didn't Elijah play, didn't he play Bilbo? Baggins? No.
2: Wrong, wrong Baggins. Frodo. Frodo. Frodo you know, Baggins. That's world. Right. Bilbo is the uncle. Okay. Okay.
3: I almost said <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> oh, that's
1: good. I was just given from my producer who wants to sort of balance this out a little bit an extra bonus question for Michael uh, based on this question, which is Michael, who won the 2020 Men's US Open?
3: Sure oh, just so I can actually talk about something? Yeah. Uh, the 2020 US Open was won by the Austrian Dominic Team. Because Roger Federer had knee surgery, Rafael Nadal didn't show up, and Novak Djokovic hit a lineswoman in the neck with a ball.
1: That is all correct. That <laughs> all is all correct. correct. True. Yes. <laughs> what,
3: song, what Elvis song was that? That was Return to Sender. Oh, yeah, classic. Classic. <laughs> all
0: right, here's another one. Wise men. I'm more
4: wise than they
0: I wear grey now But I'll wear white some day
2: Michael, you got this, man. You got this dude. one. This one's a layup too. It's the, it's the wizard. It's literally just With the wizard the staff? Wizard yes, that guy. Gandalf.
0: Gandalf is correct. Yes.
3: That is right. Do you know the name of the song? Falling In Love With You, but I don't know if that's the title. Yeah, it's, it's it's called Can't Help
0: Falling In Love. Okay. That's right.
3: All right, this is going to be the last
0: clue for you. You ain't nothing but a big guy, spying all the time. You ain't nothing but a big guy, spying all the time. Yeah, you might be Lord of Mortar, but you
3: ain't no Lord of the Ah, uh, that's... I believe this, the actual title would be Hound Dog. <laughs>
0: that is correct. Yeah. Okay. Hound Dog right. is the Elvis song. Okay, now, do you that's know the, the Elvis do you song. Know the... I
2: do not know the character. Ronnie might know the character. What the hell? Michael, you didn't watch the movie at all? Dude, Did I you already remember got anything got the, from the
3: thing movie? correct for us, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, this one will be uh, Sauron, the main bad guy. Sauron, that's right. Yeah.
0: Hound Dog, one of Elvis's best-known songs, actually originally recorded by Big Mama Thornton. Hmm.
2: Uh,
1: fantastic. I feel like um, you you're definitely worked together well in that one.
2: My back just hurts from carrying all this weight. <laughs> from carrying this team... This entire episode.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Ronnie Cheng. Thank you so much, Michael Costa.
2: Hey, thanks for having us. Remember to watch The Daily Show uh, election coverage, and we'll show you what happens in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
1: (laughs) Ronnie and Michael are correspondents on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, weeknights at 11 on Comedy Central. Our next guests are two comedians and longtime friends, Danielle Perez and Madison Shepard. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so you two have been friends for a long time, but yes. I find it fascinating that you started stand-up together.
5: Yeah. Literally, I texted Madison and was like, I think I want to do stand-up comedy. Like, how do we do this? And she was like, yeah. we go Take open mics. I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. Like our first so, open mic, she was like, "Oh my god, we're so brave. We're we're going to our first open mic." And I was like, "Wait, we we're brave because we're gonna watch people do stand up." She's like, "No, we're brave because we're gonna do it." I was like, "What?" I thought we were just gonna observe.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and she's I like, "Don't worry." You.
5: She this said, is, don't worry, I'll put my name first on the list. This is, um,
6: this is the narrative of our whole friendship, I will yeah. say, is uh, just me being like, Danielle, you want to do something kind of stupid?
4: And I'm like, yes! <laughs> what
5: else do I have to do ah. or move?
6: So wait a second, does that... Does that make Danielle your enabler? Is that what that is? (laughs) We're both
1: each other's enablers.
6: Okay. This relationship. I talk to my mom every day and I talk to Danielle every day. Yeah. I talk to my boyfriend every day, but that's because he lives here. If he didn't, (laughs) it wouldn't be every day. Are you guys
1: up for playing a game? Yes. Yes. So uh, what we've done is we've reimagined how famous movies would play out if the characters had to maintain social distancing. Okay. Okay. So we're going to read a little description. You name the movie. That's it. All right. Danielle, this first one's for you. Okay. Mark Zuckerberg heads home from Harvard to take his classes virtually. So he never gets dumped. He never creates Facebook. And no one has to ever get in an online fight with their Uncle Jack. The world is at peace. Wow.
5: Imagine a world without (laughs) Facebook. Um, We would be so much better for it. (laughs) The social network.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed. Although, wait a second. Are you you still on Facebook? Many people have left Facebook.
5: I... It's just, I started using Twitter more, which I don't know if this is better or worse. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. Jerry's still out. All right, Madison,
0: here is one for you. Okay. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal are enjoying sandwiches in the outdoor seating area at Katz's Deli. The other customers can't hear their adult conversation from six feet away, so no one says anything iconic in response.
6: When Harry met Sally, baby, that's wrong.
1: That is
0: correct. Right.
6: Oh, I love that
1: adult conversation. That's a yeah, great that's way to so describe
0: it. <laughs> yeah, An adult conversation.
6: That's sometimes, really,
1: that's what, nice. uh, and then there's sometimes adult monologues. Is that how it works? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> All right, Danielle. Daniel yes. Kalua goes to the country with his girlfriend to meet her parents for the first time. They sit on the patio of their huge house, quickly pulling their masks back after eating one dried fruit loop at a time.
5: Oh, wait. Okay. Is this, um, guess who's coming to
1: dinner? Um, more, it's, (laughs) it's a more more recent (laughs) film. It's more more recent film am so It's more mad. recent. And then getting
0: angrier and angrier right now. And if you didn't she
1: see it, you don't it. know the scene about she has eating. seen it.
6: We've oh, okay, seen it okay. together. I oh, am okay. Wait, we saw this together? Oh, I think so. Wait, no. Get out? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
6: That's why I was like Daniel Kalua. He's so fine. How, he
5: do you is so hello.
4: He is he's so, so fine.
6: fine. If you would have told
5: me Latif Garrett or whatever was, you know, looking oh. like a zombie, it would have been like, yes.
4: <laughs> La-
6: La- <laughs> La- La- I think you're referring to Lakeith looking Stanfield, a- my future yes. husband. As soon as I break up with my boyfriend, I just want to <laughs> let Lakeith know that I'm available
1: whenever. We're putting you know, it out
4: there. You know, That's good. Putting my
6: avails out. I love this statement uh,
1: when. And I break up with my boyfriend.
6: <laughs> like it's just we're just you know. It's He's decided. my boyfriend. We're in yeah. quarantine my together. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All
0: right, Madison. Over Google Classroom, Robin Williams inspires his prep school poetry students to buck convention and stand on their desks. He's fired when several parents find footprints all over their antique dining room tables. <laughs>
6: <laughs> okay, this is not of my culture. You know wow. what I mean? Like, truly. So I'm I'm guessing because um, frankly, I'm a little bit too young to have seen this movie, really. Oh, uh-huh, um
4: uh-huh.
5: okay, all right, Melania. Uh, <laughs> all right, you don't act okay. with Gen Z.
6: <laughs> we're not we're not Gen Z, but honey, our skin does fool. You know what I mean? She fools everyone. Okay, I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. right. All right. You did fantastic. Well done on the first game. Who's uh, winning?
6: Am I is it me? Are we tied? You're not I, winning, Madison.
5: Our
0: guess, listening like audience. That's who's that's winning. That's
6: right. Uh so you 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 have a
1: podcast. The two of you have a podcast called Wow Rude Pop Culture Podcast, Everything Podcast. What are you yeah. discussing? Well,
5: pop culture, you know. friendship, being too much. Just really what we're doing here. On
6: your <laughs> Basically, show. it's like this. It's like this, but with swear words. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just like of yeah, yeah, curses. Yeah, yeah.
5: This with adult language, right. <laughs> mm.
6: adult monologues. Mm-hmm.
1: Are you ready to play another game? Yes. Absolutely. So, how much do you know about uh, professional sports, would you say? <laughs> Danielle is just laughing. Danielle's just laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just (laughs)
5: like, I saw a man watch basketball for the first time in quarantine, and I was like, is he gonna cry? (laughs) Like, I just didn't. I'm like, it's a ball, and they're running, and I don't understand. (sighs) Mm-hmm. any
6: of it yeah i mean i was I raised in a, in a feminist household in dallas texas and my mother was very anti-football very anti-video games so there's a lot of like cultural things i don't understand you know what it's totally gonna be fine
1: okay <laughs> so we're gonna describe a professional sports team mascot as if it was walking down a fashion show runway okay we know about that we so about and that. then you can give us the team you can give us the city. <laughs> you can give us the state. So we'll try. And Madison, this first one is for you. Oh, boy. Here we oh go. Man. This mister has a permanent smize on his gigantic baseball head. So big, you could fit an whole empire state of mind right in there. And all of that exposed stitching really shows off its curves. I, I know it's in New York right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that gets you a point. Oh, Not is a this easy? what's the
6: answer though?
1: So it's the, uh, it's the mascot is he's a giant baseball uh, for the New York Mets. And if you don't know about the Mets, I only know because my husband is a huge fan of the Mets. Uh, and if you want to know how good of a team the Mets are, sometimes the mascot, I would say it's the best player.
4: Oh, oh.
6: Well, that's a good look for them.
4: That's you know what I mean. For, cute,
6: good
5: for that mascot. Cute on the mascot. You know, exactly. really putting his putting a face to a name. You know, you know, brand,
6: what I mean? vibe. That's yeah, true. We love it. We love what that mascot's doing. Snaps. Snaps. Snaps.
0: I love. I love Afira Supportive. that you told a you told a sports joke, and both Danielle and Madison were like. Oh,
6: Uh-oh. that's cute. We don't understand. <laughs> they fell. they fell. We don't they get it at all. But we don't. That's not really our they culture, but we're here to, you know, we're good sports. You yeah. know what I mean? You're good sports.
0: Yeah. Right. right on. All right, Danielle, this is for you. Okay. Do the village people have an opening? Because Steely McBeam positively struts in his hard hat, black bib overalls and yellow plaid shirt.
6: That's uh, it. That's, the, mean, clue.
0: that's <laughs> the clue. That's uh, the clue. Steely McBeam is maybe a clue. So Struts. like a
6: steel,
5: <laughs> a steel town, steel mill. I don't think about think yeah, about a yeah, sports yeah, yeah. team yeah.
0: having to do with that word.
5: With steel, Steelers. Uh-huh. Yes. Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah, yes. Wow! Pittsburgh.
6: I like, that is correct.
5: That's a team mascot.
6: Sounds cute. Yeah. yeah,
5: is he single? Is are <laughs> the seals
6: single? I don't know. I'm not sure. At I'm not sure DM. what canon is
0: as far as
5: his. That uh, should be part status. of the. We you should let us know if they're single or not. Then that'll be. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the yeah. mascot. It's important. These are all single yeah. mascots let by us the way. Know. Okay,
1: okay, Madison. Yes, stuff the magic dragon is serving up green with pink ears, a blue unibrow, and starts popping out of his head. And the shirt with no pants? Oh Trey avant-garde. He looks like he came straight from Disney World, but his home is at the nearby Amway Center.
6: Well, okay. (laughs) A unibrow girl, a unibrow. I don't know. Okay, first of all, a full eyebrow is very in vogue right now. It okay. Is very in vogue. Like, all of us who plucked our eyebrows to death in the early 2000s are really struggling right now. It's so true. kudos to this dragon for Sorry. keeping the facial hair real.
5: Didn't know this dragon was the Carly Claus of, uh, you know, 2020.
6: Is this dragon working for Glossier? Because it's, like, really serving right <laughs> now. Um, right? Giving a dewy magic. It's okay, I don't pretty. know. I'm assuming, okay, so Disney World... Is in Florida, Orlando.
1: Yes, you got
6: it. (laughs) The Orlando Magic
1: is the team. Interesting. Like puff the magic dragon. So it's a take on puff the magic dragon called stuff the magic dragon. Feels like copyright infringement.
5: I know someone's really overstepping on the trademark. You know.
6: I don't know what either of the any of these
5: things are so I'm just Not to be you and me kid but I went to Montessori <laughs> school so I know who Puff the Magic is. Yeah,
4: yeah, right, so
5: I have no idea.
6: I grew up in the hood in Dallas. Shout out Oak Cliff, Texas. You know baby we didn't know about no Puff the Magic. We know about a different Puff the Magic dragon. Well, so,
1: yeah. and, so, exactly. I well just you. so you know stuff is holding.
4: Okay. Um, well well okay.
0: All right this is the last one Danielle it is for you. Okay. Bringing that Mardi Gras energy to the runway. It's Sir Saint with his gold helmet and fleur-de-lis. He's almost charismatic enough to make you forget his chin looks like a butt. I know
4: this.
5: <laughs> I know this because I love New Orleans. It's the Saints. That's the Saints. right. The New
0: Orleans
1: Saints. They're a football team. Correct. That's right. Yes.
5: <laughs> you got a ball. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I caught mean it. Touchdown. Touchdown. <laughs> dunk.
6: All of it. Boom
4: shakalaka. <laughs> in your
6: face. Just really, Danielle's giving it right now. She's serving.
4: <laughs>
6: well done. Uh, you guys did great. Yay. Two games. You, you guys fun. won everything. Thank you got them all.
1: Uh, such a pleasure. So much fun. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much, Madison. Thank you.
6: Thank you, you. for having us. This is a blast. This is really fun.
1: Coming up, Heidi Schreck from What the Constitution Means to Me joins us for the cutest civics lesson ever. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Best Fiends, the five-star rated mobile puzzle game. You're a great multitasker, but be careful. Playing Best Fiends while making lunch can lead to unfortunate sandwiches. Peanut butter and mayo, anyone? So when lunchtime is at stake... Maybe that next level can wait, but if you can't help yourself, well, hopefully PB&M is an acquired taste. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. This message comes from NPR sponsor, WeTransfer. Are you perfectly happy with the way things are right now? Are there any doubts you have about the world as is? If so, perhaps they deserve your full attention. Perhaps they could even change things for the better. WeTransfer's set of tools is made for just such an endeavor by helping you collect, sketch, present, and share the ideas that all started with doubts. Meet Pace Paper and Collect by WeTransfer. Go to toolstomoveideas.com to learn more.
4: Voting is crucial, and I don't give a damn how you look at it. Is this a man? It was we, the people. The land of
2: the free and the home of the brave. Not we, the white male citizens. Misrepresentative Democracy. A new series about voting in America from NPR's Throughline. Listen now. This is
0: NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. Heidi Schreck is an actor and writer for shows like Nurse Jackie. Her Broadway play, What the Constitution Means to Me, was a finalist for the 2019 Pulitzer Prize for Drama. In this play, she recreates the prize-winning speech she gave as a kid about the Constitution, and the show ends with a live debate against a high school student. The film version is now streaming on Amazon. Heidi Schreck, welcome and hello. Hi! Thank you so much for having me on. Congratulations on your show! Now, first, it was successful as it was a Broadway show, but now that it's streaming on Amazon, I mean, it is infinite—the amount of people that are going to be able to yes. enjoy it. And infinite is the precise number,
4: I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, were you? Did you have any hesitation about? Uh, turning a live event like this into something that was going to live in in basically a non-immersive environment.
7: Yes, I did. There's something sort of heartbreaking about freezing the show, particularly this show, because it has, um, you know, a live element at the end. It has a a sort of living, breathing ending. Um, And so it felt a little sad to freeze it in time. But, you know, I grew up really far from New York City. I grew up in a tiny town in Washington State. And so my exposure to to theater really came through like VHS tapes and actually yeah. re- records. My mom had a record mm. of the glass menagerie that I played over and over on her record player. And, wow. um, wow. and then the, uh, Sweeney Todd, I had an old beat up VHS of Sweeney Todd that I watched over and over again. So I don't think this version can replace what it's like to watch the show in the live theater, but having grown up far from Broadway, I also know the power of, of having a, a recording of something like this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you grew up in what I found out is the Apple capital of the world, right?
7: Yes, it is. Wenatchee? It absolutely is the <laughs> Apple capital. Yeah. And the buckle of the power belt of the great Northwest. Okay. All There's right. two titles.
0: I'm right. <laughs> sorry. The buckle of the power belt of the of great the, Northwest. Yes. That's what? a
7: lesser-known title, but I think uh, because there's a, there's a great dam there, the Rocky Reach Dam, it's also known as, as the buckle.
1: Yeah, I think that one's just <laughs> okay. harder to fit on a T-shirt, so no. maybe it just didn't <laughs> I think so too.
0: It. Now I know what a power belt is. I was imagining <laughs> <laughs> something that Batman would wear, but that's not no. correct.
1: No,
7: no, okay. it's a no.
0: yes.
1: There you go. Wenatchee. <laughs> <When> Wenatchee. <you. laughs> uh, flipped to Broadway last year. You star in your show, What the Constitution Means to Me. Uh, I was one of the lucky people that saw it. And in this play, you recreate the prize-winning speech at the beginning that you gave as a 15-year-old debater at the American Legion halls all over the country. And you said that, as a kid, that the Constitution Way was your very first crush. Yes. But what did you mean, like, as your first crush? Is this a hindsight thing, or was this It's a, definitely you... a hindsight
7: thing. But I—you know, my mom made me do the contest so that— I could earn scholarship money and I, I'm not, well, there are two things. One, I got to spend a lot of time with my dad while I was doing the contest. And my dad is a history teacher and he would kind of explain the amendments to me and then tell me all of the kind of wild stories behind them. I think I found that part really exciting. And I think I like spending time with my dad. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's funny because I was just a teenager, but I, I remember at the time being really captivated by it.
1: So that prize-winning speech, because you were saying you yes. were introduced to it to win scholarship money, which you did. Yes, I did. And so that, much. The original <laughs> copy of that prize-winning speech Yes, does not exist. So <laughs> it doesn't exist.
7: It, well, it didn't exist. I wrote this whole play because I... I'd asked her for the copy and she said she'd thrown it away. And then when the play was moving to Broadway, uh, I was doing some press and somebody was interviewing me and they were like, are you sure? Like, you, have you looked yourself? And I was like, I haven't. And I called my mom and I was like, would you look again just to see? And then she ended up finding it. <laughs> really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's
1: really boring. <laughs> oh, like your rewrite and how you reimagined it is like yeah. infinitely better. Oh,
0: so in a way, your mom, your mom saved uh, saved your show.
1: <laughs> she did. She really did. That's amazing. <laughs> now, I mean, the your show did. You offered lots of people opportunities to give you feedback, and the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg attended a performance of what the Constitution means to me, and she gave you a note about your show. She did. We were. <laughs> She gave me two notes. Uh, We were
7: so honored to have her there. It was really uh, the greatest night of our lives. Um, She came backstage. She was incredibly generous to all of us. And then she sent a letter, a follow-up letter, uh, thanking all of us for the performance and uh, requesting a copy of the script. So I sent her the script and a thank you card. And then a few days later, I got this FedEx package in the mail from her office. And there was a copy of a case that I talk about that I discussed, Gonzalez versus Castle Rock, and there were a few pages flagged for me to review. And then there was a letter that said, I I have two things I'd like you to think about in your play. (laughs) And one of them was simply, she wanted me to change the phrasing. She wanted me to change, at one point I said, the outcome of a case would have been blah blah blah, and she wanted me to change it to might have been
4: mm. blah, interesting. For me sure. so
7: to be yeah, more precise. Reasonable.
4: Oh good. Uh uh-huh.
7: And the second one had to do with the Equal Rights Amendment, which she so passionately supported and just wanting me to talk with precision about that to make sure that I acknowledged there was a time limit on the Equal Rights Amendment. So we ended up incorporating that note into our
1: debate at the end. So are you ready for an Ask Me Another challenge? I I, I don't know if I'm ready, but <laughs> yeah, I will
7: do it anyway. sure you
4: are. Yeah, that's the spirit.
1: <laughs> that's, that's all we ask. Uh, so obviously your show was inspired by a speech about the Constitution that you gave when you were a kid. So we have had some kids— Read parts of the Constitution, and then we're just going to ask you questions about what they read. All right. All right. Let's kick things off with Michael. Hi, my
7: name is Michael, and I'm eight years old. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, is union, establish justice, ensure domestic Tranquility provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessing of liberty to ourselves and our posterity to ordain the establishment this Constitution for the United States of America.
1: Oh, my God.
0: That kind of made me cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got tears! Right. I
4: got
1: theories. Jeez, I'm going to cry through a trivia game. Um, where would you find that in the Constitution is your question. Uh, you would find
7: those words <laughs> in the preamble of the Constitution.
1: That's right. That's right. The preamble the beginning, so much better read this way. It's really
7: beautiful read by a young
4: person. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot
7: more faith in it when I hear it read that way.
0: Alright, here's another one. What amendment is this?
4: My name is Jane and I am nine. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. (laughs)
7: <laughs> that is located in the First Amendment, in the protections of the First Amendment. Yes. Religion, correct. press, speech, petition, assembly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although a nine-year-old might make the First Amendment to, like, stay up past eight. You know? <laughs> yes, sure. And then move that one further down. <laughs> yeah. Ice cream for breakfast. Wait a second. <laughs> All right. Here's the 14th Amendment. My name is Molly, and I'm 10 years old. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction
2: thereof are citizens of the United States.
1: Molly has a lot of confidence. I love it. Well done. So the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendments were adopted after what war?
7: They were adopted after the Civil War. They are the Reconstruction Amendments. That
1: is correct.
7: They were meant to do a tremendous amount of good and they did, but not enough.
0: All right, here is the 18th Amendment.
5: Hi, my name is Emerson, and I'm 11. The manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors within, the importation thereof into, or the exportation thereof from the United States and all territories subject to the jurisdiction thereof for beverage purposes is hereby prohibited.
0: (laughs) This ban on alcohol from 1920 to 1933 is commonly known as what?
7: Uh, prohibition.
0: That is correct. <laughs> Emerson sounds like a young, a young Elliot Ness. Yeah,
4: I totally <laughs> know. <laughs> it's very
0: funny. Every time I hear, I hear this language come out of a kid's mouth, I feel like I'm listening to a kid lawyer.
4: Exactly.
7: Exactly. Yeah, it kind of makes me want a show like a kid lawyer show.
0: A kid lawyer show. Like
7: little lawyers. Everyone's like under twelve. I would watch
0: that. (laughs) I would totally watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Under twelve law firm. Yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. Here's the twenty seventh amendment, the most recent amendment added to the Constitution in nineteen ninety two.
2: My name is Lily, and I'm eight years old. No law varying the compensation for the services of senators and representatives shall take effect until an election of representatives shall have intervened.
1: True or false, this amendment wouldn't have been adopted if it weren't for a college student who got a C grade on a paper.
7: This is true, and this story infuriates me.
4: (laughs) Oh, boy. Please
7: tell me. It makes me so angry because... This kid was like just – he wrote a paper about – that. so that amendment took 202 years to to pass, right? Right. And so he wrote this paper saying it wasn't too late to pass this amendment. And his teacher was like, you're wrong. I'm giving you a C. And he was like, I can't stand getting a C, so I'm going to go out and prove my teacher wrong. And he got this amendment ratified. He started a movement to get this amendment ratified. The fact that this guy could do this and we can't get the Equal Rights Amendment ratified is
1: just (laughs) – Outrageous, (laughs) Outrageous, <laughs> shocking.
0: Agreed. It's
1: so outrageous. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, they were like, "Oh, I get it. Gregory does need a better grade." Exactly. He needs an A. <laughs> His
7: so. mom came in and was like, "Gregory's never gotten a C before. Yeah, you have to fix this. So we like, have change as a, as the constitution."
0: A <laughs> Poor Gregory. We're gonna get angry later Sorry, from Gregory's Gregory. family. <laughs> Sure, Gregory. No, I funny.
1: mean, good job, Gregory.
0: Yeah, I'm no, sure Gregory's, just, uh, Gregory's great.
1: Know, yeah. Persuasive, very persuasive.
0: Yeah. All right. This amendment jumped out at us for some reason.
4: My name is West, and I'm three. The term of the president and the vice president should end at noon on the twentieth day on January. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness, that's adorable. Uh, and, talk uh, about I'm, a ringtone. So what amendment is that? Okay,
7: so this is... uh, I'm trying to remember when they did this. I know they did it because there was too long of a period where we had a lame duck president. Like, it used to be in March or something, and then the president was just sitting in there and couldn't get anything done. I want... I'm just going to take a guess.
0: I can give you a hint if you want.
7: Oh, you can? Okay. Yeah, I can. Okay.
0: The answer is in the amendment itself.
7: Oh in the amendment itself.
0: Okay, let's let's hear that amendment again. This time 8-year-old Rosie is going to read it.
7: Yes, okay.
4: The terms of the president and vice president shall end at noon on the 20th day of January.
7: Amendment 20.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yes. It is the 20th <laughs> amendment. That's right.
7: I felt that time like I was getting the clue. Like it
0: was, <laughs> I was, not, thank
7: you.
1: You're was very exciting. <laughs> okay, here's your next one. Okay.
3: My name is Dia, and I'm for The right of citizens of the United States to vote to so not be denied or abridged by the United
6: States or by any state on the count of sex. All
1: right, I know, right? <laughs> uh. It's at Why four. Is it so moving? Yes. It's
0: killing me. It's killing
1: me.
7: <laughs> it really is. Uh, that would be the 19th
1: amendment. That is correct.
0: Yes. This is the last one, and it is completely unfair.
1: <laughs> Hi, my name is Maggie, and I just turned 10.
7: The word the being interlined between the 7th and 8th lines of the first page. The word 30 being partly written on an erasure in the 15th line of the first page. The words is tried... Being interlined between the thirty-second and the thirty-third lines of the first page, um, and the word "the" being interlined between the forty-third and the forty-fourth lines of the
1: second page.
0: So the question is, where, <laughs> where on the original copy of the Constitution does this appear? <laughs> oh my God. I will be amazed if you know the answer to this question because I have never even heard of it.
7: Nope. This is a terrible question. Yeah. I, uh, I have no idea.
0: It's basically the bottom oh. of the Constitution because, of course, they didn't have whiteout. And this is this is an important document. So they needed to fix all the mistakes that they had made.
7: Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's really... I had
1: no idea. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that. They probably, like, misspelled Constitution once, right? I'm, sure. Least, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. All right. You did amazing. Who knew this would be um, so emotional
0: yeah (laughs) you know it is it is remarkable i mean your show and and uh and i would also venture to say hamilton i think for a lot of americans we have really a really deep connection to uh these documents and this history and it is it is a much more emotional connection than uh, yes than you might think
7: we it's you know we the values and beliefs and history we grow up with we Believe that all of that is somehow in the document, and it's not really. So I think our emotional relationship to the to the Constitution is much more vivid than than a sort of real relationship to it.
0: Because it extends it, it extends to all the things outside the Constitution, the the amendments, the stuff that we're fighting for, the meaning that we put into it all. Of
1: yes, exactly. Right. A lot of people should just start with all the with all the corrections page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think that would be a good place to start. Spend a good a r- decade on realize that. realize, like, like even
1: the people writing it made mistakes. Do you yes. understand?
4: <laughs> just
1: get that. Uh, what an absolute joy. Thank you so much, Heidi, for, yeah, just uh, joining us, especially at this particular moment, to talk about this. And doing amazing in that game. Thank you
7: for having me. <laughs>
1: Heidi Schreck wrote and stars in What the Constitution Means to Me, streaming now on Amazon. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
0: Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon.
1: Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Camilla Franklin, Jack Lechner, Kara Weinberger, and senior writer Karen Lurie. With additional material by Emily Winter. Ask Me Another's produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seychau, James Farber, Rimmel Wood, and our intern, Sam Yellowhorse Kessler. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. And thanks again to Dia, Emerson, Jane, Lily, Maggie, Michael, Molly, Rozzy, and Wes, and their parents, for helping us with our Constitution game. I'm right Begonias.
0: Ophira Eisenberg.
1: And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you, and it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Next time on Ask Me Another, comedian Chelsea Handler chats about her new special. And meditation pioneer Sharon Salzberg helps us center ourselves. Plus, comedians Dwayne Perkins and Asia Lachey-Bullock take a trip to Mootown. That's where Motown songs are changed to be about cows. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer
4: to life's funnier questions.